This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 38. Jim Peters joins us to talk about a new product from ANSYS called ANSYS Motion, and we review news and events from around the ANSYS world. Hi there and welcome. My name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PADT and welcome back to our podcast. This is episode number 38 as the intro just said. And as we just said, we're going to talk with Jim uh, about this new product called ANSYS Motion. And it was court- recorded on March 31st. Uh, now it's June 3rd, Monday. Um, and I, I will start complaining about where has the year gone in earnest now as we enter the sixth month of the year. It sure has gone fast. But hey, the good news is is that ANSYS 2019 R2 is out, and you should have it if you don't. Uh, check it out. And um, they've really been living up to the promise of more substantial rollouts of products more often in the year. And uh, it's good to see. So we've been getting features faster to our customers and the ones we use here as well. So um, do check out 2019 R2. And we've been doing some update webinars as well, which we'll talk about the most recent one uh, coming up in a little bit. Uh, Podcast-wise, we've had 11,173 total downloads on 37 episodes, which is still holding steady. That 300 is not going to change much. Uh, maybe it'll creep up a little bit over time, but uh, with 37 episodes, it'll be hard to move that needle. But uh, I will point out that John Swanson's interview, which you must listen to if you haven't already, has gotten 559 listens. So um, do check that out and spread the word about the podcast and subscribe and let other people subscribe. And we're going to continue to get some more of that special programming um, that seems to definitely drive up the interest. So getting other people in here to talk, um, special people to talk about things. We'll keep working on that. But today, we're going to be talking with a very special person uh, who works here at PADT, Jim Peters. He's kind of our expert in this kind of uh, kinematic and dynamic simulation tools, an uh, old-time uh, Adams user. He's used various other tools in between and then and now. Um, <clears throat> and we've got this new thing called ANSYS Motion, and I'll let him actually explain to you. It's a third-party product, and we'll talk about its relationship with ANSYS, how it's sold by ANSYS now, and how it does a lot more, and it kind of... Uh, is the newest product in this space out there. So do check out our discussion. I'm here today with Jim Peters, who works on our simulation support our simulation services group. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about ANSYS Motion, which is a, a new product in the ANSYS product family that models things that move. Uh, is, is differentiated from things that necessarily just vibrate or just deform and deflect in our normal structural analysis. So, um, Jim, a little bit. Let's start actually with a little bit of background. You, you you've used motion products for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, you you were a user of the granddaddy of them all, right? Uh, Adams, right? Yeah, yeah. In in early days when we had a association with them, mm-hmm. uh, we had access to that, and so uh, certainly used that that tool for many years mm-hmm. and have been exposed to other other tools like that. So let's let's start by defining what what is a a motion product is differentiated from say what we normally use ANSYS mechanical to solve. Well, the it's it's labeled as a multi-body dynamics uh, solver, mm-hmm. um, and by that meaning that the bodies can be either rigid uh-huh. if you're wanting to model kinematic behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's there's certainly some product sets within the existing ANSYS product set that, that do that. Um, but this uh, particular tool has uh, been designed to be able to do a combination of rigid, uh, flexible, okay. and uh, even a little bit of nonlinear capability, all within a system you know, level model okay. that would typically be modeled as just a kinematic system. So you've got, you've got an assembly of parts, and it's rigid body motion as well as flexible, flexible body motion. So machinery, cars, um, there's a lot of different things that we model and this kind of stuff. Uh, off-road vehicles, tanks. I'm trying to think of the stuff. We, uh, mechanisms of uh, firearms, right? I mean, uh, yeah. the whole yeah. recoil and all that mechanism is modeled with tools like this. So a system-level motion modeling tool. So, right. so this is not an ANSYS solver, right? It is a, a third party that instead of just being a, a loose relationship, it's sold as an ANSYS product with an ANSYS license, correct? That is correct, yeah. yes. A little history on the company, if you know? Yeah, it's uh, the developer of this code in, I will, I'm sure I'm going to butcher his <laughs> name, but uh, um, uh, it's uh, Daisung Bay, and he was instrumental in uh, the... Uh, generation of the first generation of dads okay which, which was which one was of the one other of the, the big ones yeah. big ones out there lms uh owns them right now and then his second product was recudine which is another direct competitor of this product now and uh, that's uh, offered by function bay mm -hmm. and so with his experience of these two uh early generation applications he designed this product to kind of cover some of the shortcomings that, that those two products didn't have. Yeah, most people in this industry don't get a chance to uh, fix their mistakes three times. So that's, that's right. That's, that's, that's a good point. Or I guess I guess two times you got to fix them first time. So you worked on dads. I didn't realize that. So, yeah. so the, the guy knows motion. He knows how people yes. use the tools. So um, it, it's called ANSYS Motion, and it's a standalone product, correct? It is. It is sold by its parent company and primarily in uh, South Korea and Japan is okay. where it has wide exposure there. It has not had a lot of exposure outside of those two countries. So, but ANSYS, yeah, this uses the ANSYS. I think we were talking about this before we started the podcast. It uses the ANSYS license manager. So if, if those of you who are listening were earlier users of ANSYS LS Dyna, this is kind of how it worked with ANSYS LS Dyna, right? Is we would we would uh, buy it from ANSYS, but you pretty much spent all your time into the LSTC product, and it's kind of like that right now. And then over time, and this is no promise, to, uh, the developers are listening. I'm not telling the users that they're going to get this, but the hope, my hope, my personal hope is that over time, it'll become more tightly integrated with the workbench um, uh, beyond, I think it does, what does it do right now? Just load passing and some... Um, well, right now, the the very first uh, release of it, there was an ACT extension that mm -hmm. was built to, to expose one of the toolkits uh, okay. within this um, product. And so it was, um, you know, in there as an ACT extension right now, just to be able to, to do pre-processing right. primarily. Which is what we see, right, is with these yeah. new tools is... There'll be an axe extension to get the low-hanging fruit, and then they'll get more and more sophisticated. And then, and then next thing you know, we're we're just staying within the workbench environment, which is a great way to have access to tools while they're working all that out. Um, right. What 
you know, I don't, with your experience doing motion simulation for a very long time, what, what do you think sets this product apart other than the legacy of the, of the main person writing it? What sets it apart? Well, one of the, the biggest shortcomings of, of modeling very, you know, common mechanism structures is that, that, you know, kinematic relationships and stuff like that, those can be modeled very easily. There's a lot of codes that can do something that's well-defined joints. Um, the other mechanisms that are more difficult are, are pieces pushing other pieces. Right. And so it involves very complex contact. Okay. So uh, this particular tool uh, is really impressive in the way they've set up um, modeling chains and gears. Oh, okay, great. So they've kind of created a little toolkit for, um, you know, common types, track vehicles, things like that, mm -hmm. where the approach is one, you know, with other tools, uh, you, you typically have to rely on, on starting with your CAD definition of that. And then you, you know, put some joints in there to try to drive it. And, you know, typically you wouldn't be able to practically mm -hmm. convert that into a flexible body and, and right. run that at a at a scale that you might want to simulate like the movement of a track vehicle over you know several you know feet of, of movement or something like that uh, this tool has those toolkits build up to be able to build flexible segments it's okay. kind of built kind of in the the same mm -hmm. way the individual parts or, you know, a track vehicle is made up of a whole series of segments. You make right. the, the mini segment right. and then it propagates that. Oh, nice. You nice. keep track of uh, a system like with a pulley or something like that, where you're running, you're modeling a uh, timing chain or, or serpentine belt. Um, you give it definition of what the path is, mm -hmm. and then you also give it its segment, and then these toolkits just kind of propagate that all the way around that path. Oh, that's so nice. One of the the difficult things in you know modeling those type of things, you need to preload yeah. the chain, you need to preload the, the, the belt. Every single um, one of those, you got to make sure your contacts are right, you got to make sure your joints right. are correct. So that's nice. Okay. Cool. So these toolkits are designed to kind of set up all the automation of that. And, and I haven't seen a code attempt to try to do all of that uh, using flexible representation. You know, rigid, it's you know, challenging in itself, but to include flexible. So this has an FEA solver built in, right? Yes, it does. In fact, it has two, uh, two FEA solvers. One's referred to as the... As the uh, mesh-free method. Oh. Um, it's really a little Cartesian uh, mesher in the background. <laughs> it's a Cartesian mesher with boundaries. Yes, yes with yes. boundaries. But, but you don't have to worry about the mesh. Right. You don't have to worry about the so mesh. So for course, first approximation, nice yeah. to go. And linear properties only. So a lot of applications. fast. That's, that's fine. It's much faster uh, than the regular full-blown FE, uh, FEA solver. But the FEA solver, you can convert you know, any combination of the parts to the full representation okay. of which you can then actually include, you know, even bilinear, okay. um, nonlinearity. So you get some plasticity the in there. Yeah. Yep. Very nice. And contact is a strong point. I think I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really um, what he's, uh, the develop, uh, 
development has focused on is, is making that practical to be able to do high speed um, yeah. rotation. You know, the, one of their toolkits is transmission gears. Oh, yeah. wow. Those are high speed. I've done transmission yeah. gears with rigid parts, yeah. <laughs> with, you know, you know, rigid to rigid contact mm -hmm. between those. And, and, that's, and that's challenging to get that to run quickly. Um, but this is, this is done with full flexibility. So nice. the gears are actually flexible bodies. So they're deforming and uh, getting you an accurate. Cool. Yep. So you can get contact stresses and, and it's been extended for, you know, drive training and, and gearing to have the frequency response, uh, type of solutions so that you can actually do NVH calculations right off of that. So like a, a typical gear a transmission or something like that, you would set up all the gear systems with, you know, kind of parametric pieces and yes. it would build those up. Then you would import the housing from an actual CAD or whatever right. that casing is. And then once those are running and, and simulating, you can simulate gear noise and Perfect. and noise propagated to the housing port. So, you know, a lot of people in the automotive space are, are using competitive tools, but if you're in one of the, these newer companies that's kind of reinventing the automotive world, um, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Um, you know, another industry that just popped in my head for some reason is drones, right? Mm -hmm. These are These are vehicles, and right. I think... I think we're past the hobbyist phase of let's stick four motors or propeller on the end of it in, the, in, the, in, the, in a cross pattern and, and then fly it. We're starting to really refine these designs. And so this is a great tool for anybody that's, that doesn't have a legacy motion simulation tool. Or even if you do, and it may be the only product you're getting from that one supplier and you're mostly an ANSYS customer, it's worth taking a look at this. And, and uh, it's, it's newer. It's, it's fairly fast, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is a system level modeling tool, so it gives good feedback quickly. Um, what, what was the biggest challenge you faced in just kind of picking this tool up? Well, it's the, the architecture of it um, takes a little bit to kind of figure out okay. exactly how it's set up. So it's different. Yeah, it, it is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the terminology is different and, you know, you're used mm -hmm. to that with different tools. But um the, the way they set up the individual components, instead of it, um, they, they do have a tree structure okay. kind of similar to what Workbench has, but most of the items have their own tab. Okay. So, you know, if you're going to set up a gear system, you've got bearings, you've got gears, each piece, you, you kind of set that up standalone. Gotcha. So that it doesn't necessarily have to be associated with a shaft or anything okay. yet. Okay. You build them in component pieces, okay. and then when you've got all those defined, you could then start placing them and assembling them. That's how you assemble. You put joints in, or you connect them rigid. Yeah. So the advantage of that kind of architecture is that you could just swap out parts. You know, I got to oh, nice. swap out a different bearing. I don't have to rebuild the whole thing. I just reassign a different bearing to that same location and I'm off and running. I don't have to redo it again. It's pre-assembled. All the other tolerances of all the other parts are all maintained. That's so, cool. so it is, it, it's a nice, it's a nice setup. And, um, you know, with most of, of the tools when you're 
you're at that level and you're defining things. I mean, you, you certainly have to know a lot about your your system. You know, That's what I remember. It's been a long time since I've done mm-hmm. that, but what I remember is it was the bookkeeping and the and the the, the you know this giant assembly dealing yeah. with dealing with a large assembly. Each component was relatively straightforward. It was it was how you hooked them together, make sure everything's hooked together right, context defining. It seems like they're really focusing on those steps. Yeah, which is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's still some you know reliance on the fact that that, that you you've, like you say got to know the dimensional space yes. <laughs> of your parts, where your assemblies are located. If you don't have all those references, then you're going to have to find them. <laughs> you're going to find them, yeah. But that's true of any any kind of a system level mechanical modeling. Uh, yeah, it's but it's it's nice to see a newer tool though because it's been a it's been decades I think since somebody's yeah. uh, maybe a new interface, but the the tools underneath the hood have all been the same. Um, and and the ANSYS uh, rigid body dynamic solver is still there, right? Mm-hmm. So you can still yeah. use that. You can still use mechanical APDL to do this if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but this really is a giant step forward in your experience, right? Yeah, especially, like I say, I, I think the the areas where this really stands out, I mean, it has a lot of the, maintains the same kind of capability that if you're using this as a product definition tool and you're starting from scratch, you know, you, you can do the same kind of buildups that, mm-hmm. you know, done for 20 years and you know let me set up a suspension I mean you know very simple representations but it's also allows you to go from you know I've got a well-defined system right let me you know put this together with all of these interfaces the way I ultimately want to be able to analyze it and then can I actually analyze it with full flexibility and, and the relationship is new but one of the things I'm excited about when I was introduced to it at the sales kickoff meeting in January, as you're talking, it's coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, my background was, it's been a very long time, but in mechanism design. So I got really excited when I saw it and talked to the developer. And I think the thing that got me most excited was the coming integration with the rest of the ANSYS tools. So you look at our our, our software development tools, right? The, the skate to do your control system. Um, and uh, digital twin to to model the rest of the system this this will all eventually plug in in various ways so that we can really do these large mechanical system models as well as the hfss and the fluid dynamics and all the other physics we have in there so it's it's been a it's been kind of a missing piece in the portfolio so it's so nice to see it in there Um, where, where should people start if they're if they're interested in learning more about this tool uh, didn't we just do a webinar or something? Yeah, we just did a webinar, just kind of introduced some of its uh, capabilities, what some of the toolkits are. Um, when the product is installed, there's there's several uh, walkthrough tutorials. Oh, good. Excellent. Um, I'll you get can, you familiar with that different way yeah, you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the most complicated tutorial is the... Uh, the car tutorial. Yeah, As you, you might <laughs> jump right in to do a full car. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've never seen a tutorial that exceeded a hundred pages before. But uh, so, um, so I wouldn't start with that one. You might that's a three day weekend, with, right? Yeah, you wait for a holiday for that one. But um, so yeah, they, they they are really good about showing step by step processes, and you know, uh, and there's a, a good variety of different applications to hopefully find one that is close to, to the application that you're looking for. 
And if they're a PADT customer, they can reach out to us and we can get them a temp key to try it on. That's probably true of the other uh, channel partner or ANSYS Direct, whoever you get your ANSYS from. Yeah. Uh, it does, like I mentioned earlier, it does use the ANSYS License Manager, which is great. Um, that webinar is on Bright Talk, like all of our webinars, like we talk about on the on this podcast. So definitely go to Bright Talk and search for ANSYS Motion or for Jim Peters. I think both will find it very quickly. Um, what else do you think users need to know about this tool before we wrap it up? Um, well, I, I think just the appreciation of, of what we talked about, the, the ability to be able to, to take any part and it may start off as rigid. It still may have its yeah, kinematic relationships cool. there, but actually uh, mixing and matching and many people may not appreciate what's the difference between a modal based flexibility. Mm -hmm. That's really what Adams uh, has and, and continues to offer. Um, the problem with modal based is yes, they provide a, a good flexible representation between the endpoints of where they're connected, right. but there's nothing you can do about contact with a simplified representation. You always have to break it up at the contact points. Yeah. yeah. So if you want, if your flexible part was flexible due to contact with something else, that's a part that you really could never model mm -hmm. in these kind of systems. And the fact that you could convert a part to a full FEA representation would allow you to, to whether it's a rigid part that's, that's impacting it or interacting, um, that, that's probably the other aspect of it is there's rigid to rigid contact, rigid to flexible contact, right. and flexible to flexible contact, all available within the same model. Yeah, because in the past we would have done a full transient dynamic in, in an explicit code or even in an implicit code and then walked away for a few days. Um, so this this is nice to have an efficient tool that does that. It's pretty exciting. Um, definitely check it out. It's it's on the ANSYS website, I believe. There's not a huge amount of information about it. Really, the webinar that, uh, that Jim just did is probably your best place to start. Or just reach out to your salesperson and get a demo. Um, I'm impressed by it. I really, you know, when I really think about when I sat down uh, and really had the team there from the company that writes it do a demo, you know, it didn't click into my head until you mentioned it earlier. This really is someone that's been in the industry for decades saying, okay, now I want to fix everything I did the last time, right? And, yeah. you know, it's constant improvement. Whereas if you would have stayed, it's kind of hard to change those legacy tools. So getting a fresh sheet of paper, being supportive by the Asian automotive community to really go in and do this, and now wanting to be part of the ANSYS family um, in a partnership role is, is pretty exciting and, and something that I think anybody that's doing any kind of machinery from, you know, manufacturing equipment to cars to drones to aircraft actuation systems, even if you're using a legacy system, I recommend you, I shouldn't call them legacy. I think it yeah. sound old. I guess I'm a legacy user, but yeah. one of the tried and true systems out there, um, you know, check this one out. Uh, yeah. It's Ansys Motion, and um, its icon is a gear, I think, so uh, that makes sense. And if if anything moves rigid body wise or large deflection wise, uh, check it out. You may be using, you may be trying to fit your problem into a tool you don't have to because you you can have access to this one. So do check it out. Um, Thanks, Jim, for sharing right. with me. I can't wait to see more of what we do with it over time as we get more customer work on it. So 
Should be fun. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. I definitely need to find some time to play with this tool and try it out on a real problem. Um, as I mentioned in the podcast, that's kind of my background is mechanisms design, and I don't get to do enough of it. But I feel like uh, sometimes we don't really do that kind of system-level mechanical simulation uh, because we don't necessarily have the tool available to us, or it's too difficult or kind of clunky to use. And I think this is going to solve that to a large extent. Um, and uh, with the advantages that Jim pointed out with contact and being able to switch from rigid to flex, rigid to flexible very quickly, and things like that, I think it's going to be a really potent tool, and we can't see, wait to see how the integration with ANSYS goes along over time. So, um, and of course, it's also supported by ANSYS and the ANSYS Channel Partner Network, like PADT. So, definitely check it out if you work on any kind of machinery or mechanisms or things that have moving parts, basically, uh, large deflection. Uh, the, the, we did mention in there that there was a webinar. Uh, it's on Bright Talk and it was recorded on April 10th, so that you can actually see it in action. So visit brighttalk.com. That's one word, brighttalk.com. And search for ANSYS Motion or PADT if you want to see all of our webinars out there. But uh, definitely ANSYS Motion is the only one that pops up. So let's pause for a commercial break to talk about how PADT can help you in ways we usually don't talk about. I want to take a little bit of time to talk about the other things that PADT does. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably think of PADT as an ANSYS channel partner, outstanding provider of simulation consulting, and an industry leader in software customization for ANSYS. And all of those things are true, but we do much more here at PADT. The first service you should know about is our product development team. This is a group of experienced engineers who design, test, and prototype physical products for our customers. From medical devices to custom turbo machinery to consumer products, we can design and test almost anything. Although you may know us for our ANSYS and simulation, an even larger number of people out there know PADT for our 3D printing expertise. We resell Stratasys and desktop metal additive manufacturing systems, as well as provide part building using stereolithography, fused deposition modeling, polyjet, selective laser sintering, and metal powder bed fusion systems that we have here in-house. Our 3D printing services quality system is ISO 9001 and AS9100 certified. Some of the other products and services we offer are 3D scanning. In that area, we do scanning of parts as a service. We sell Geomagic software for scanning and inspection, as well as their entry-level optical scanner. And we resell Zeiss blue light and laser scanning systems. We're also the North American distributor for Phonex, which we've talked about on this podcast before. PADT also manufactures and sells a complete line of machines for cleaning supports from 3D printed parts. We also offer manufacturing consulting, where we serve as an expert between you and your manufacturing vendors, even finding those vendors for you. We want you to think of ANSYS products, training and customization and consulting when you think of PADT. But we also want you to think of design, test, 3D printing, and scanning. That same expertise and knowledge you know from our interaction in the ANSYS world exists for these other products and services. So next time you need a resource, please reach out to PADT so we can show you how we make innovation work. So a lot of people know us here at PADT for one or two things, and uh, we, we like to share all the other stuff we do. So if you trust us for your ANSYS, trust us for those other things as well. We are, we're really good at those those other services and those other products that we sell. Let's talk about news. Uh, Stock-wise, the uh, well, the market's not doing so well. It's down for various political and economic and who knows what other reasons. 
Um, but uh, the ANSYS stock is at 179. That was when I checked at 9.30 a.m. this morning on June 3rd. So year-to-date, um, ANSYS is up 30%, 30.41% actually, uh, as of 9.30. And the S&P 500 is up 12.43. So ANSYS continues to outperform the S&P 500. And in fact, two weeks ago when we last talked, um, the S&P was up 17%, now it's 12%, and ANSYS was up 39%, now it's up 30%. So still holding, uh, it's, a, it's kind of that, that ratio quite well, and uh, it's good to see. It's still a viably strong company, um, and we'll see how it goes as the uh, general market goes. There's There weren't any really good news stories out there. Uh, they didn't acquire anybody since, since two weeks ago, um, but uh, there were two, two articles worth noting uh, in the ANSYS news world. One was Volkswagen. If you remember, Volkswagen kind of smashed the Pikes Peak climb record. That's where they take a, a car and drive to the type of this mountain uh, in Colorado called Pikes Peak. They did it with an electric car that used heavily used ANSYS to design and simulate the car. Well, they took that same car, or I guess a slightly modified version of it, something called the Nürburgring, which is this gigantic racetrack in Germany that uh, all the German automakers, so I think everybody likes to take their car out to and just drive really fast. It's this gigantic racetrack. Um, and they smashed the electric car record as well. Again, I think they did it in just over six minutes. Um, so do check that article out. It's got some cool links, and, and uh, it's pretty amazing what they do with that car. So a little bit different application than... Uh, trying to climb a mountain as fast as possible. This is more about top speed and braking. And then also uh, ANSYS announced a new partnership with a company called Analytical Graphics. In small world, I actually ran into them at the Space Symposium a couple months ago. And I, and I noticed them because they had an ANSYS logo on their booth. And they said, yeah, we're, we're, we work with ANSYS. What they are is a company that simulates on-orbit behavior of basically satellites, spaceships, deep space probes. This is the software that people use to manage things out there outside of the Earth. And um, they're using the, they're partnering with ANSYS to, to basically get reduced order models and co-simulation from ANSYS to get more accurate modeling of their product in their product. So do check that out. If you work on stuff that's that goes into space, do check that out. I know that's an area that maybe people have been using other tools for. Uh, maybe with this partnership, you can you can have the power of ANSYS and do your orbital mechanics as well. Uh, so do check that out. PDT-wise, um, we're really boring. We have nothing new to share uh, in the PDT world. Uh, no new announcements, nothing. We're just chugging through the year. Uh, it's been a good year so far, and we continue to um, expand in Texas and California with new customers, and uh, we get all sorts of uh, new things coming down the pipe, hopefully uh, in the second half of the year that we can share with you. But mostly we're just focused on keeping our customers happy and uh figuring out all these great products uh, from ANSYS that keep coming up, <laughs> like ANSYS Motion. So blog-wise, um, I like to pick three favorites from the ANSYS blog. And, and the first one is kind of an obvious because it contains both additive manufacturing and ANSYS. And it's um, how, how some Formula SAE students um, used ANSYS to uh, do topological optimization and then 3D print the part that they optimize. So it's a great example of using those tools. The second one that I really liked, uh, and I think this is really, really important. This is something we used to do kind of by hand in the old days, and, and now it's semi-automatic in the HFSS tool suite, is uh, sharing simulation-ready electronic component models without exposing your IP. So if you're designing some component that you want to sell to an integrator out there, say an electronics company, um, that's going to take your chips or your antennas or whatever and stick them into your 
into their products, you don't want to expose your secret sauce inside your chip by giving them a model that has that secret sauce in it. So you can create this encrypted uh, standard model uh, at Hydra IP. So check that out if you're in the electronics world, uh, how that works. And uh, it's a pretty useful tool. And the last one is, is by a friend of PADT, Chris Wolf. She wrote a, a great article on how engineers optimize motors and generators using multi-physics modeling. So kind of back to that Volkswagen story, uh, we're seeing a lot of use of ANSYS in the electrification and the automotive industry. And it's not just automotive, it's everything, of course, is using electric motors these days. And so you move away from internal combustion engines. There's also generators out there. So using Maxwell and ANSYS Mechanical and Fluent and all these other multi-physics tools combined together, you can really get some extra percentages out of those motors and those generators. And, you know, a 3 or 4% increase over the life of one of those motors or generators is pretty significant. So if you want to know more about it, check out Chris's article in uh, the ANSYS blog. And believe it or not, I hope everyone is sitting down, that you're not driving while you're listening to this podcast. If you are, pull over to the side of the road. We actually published some blog posts. Yay! Um, the HFSS, our high-frequency electromagnetics team, uh, did a great article on uh, called Equation-Based Surfaces for Conformal and Non-Planar Antenna Design. So if you're an antenna designer... Uh, this is very useful and interesting stuff. And I did read through it, and I learned quite a bit, actually. So even if you're not an antenna person, but you work with antennas, you're packaging them, you're, you're making them, uh, check that article out. It's a pretty useful and interesting article that uh, they put together. And then I actually wrote an article on four different ways to add customization to ANSYS Mechanical. It's something that's changed over the years, and I thought it'd be good to go back and kind of look at the four different ways that you can get in there and create custom tools and applications or vertical applications using the uh, ANSYS customization tools. And uh, of course, this is a big part of what we do in our services group is customization for folks. So um, hopefully it'll spur you on to uh, some new ideas of how you can make ANSYS more efficient through customization. Event-wise, as mentioned, we've got a webinar coming up. Uh, this is the ANSYS 2019 R2 meshing webinar. Uh, meshing, uh, interestingly enough, is always our most popular webinar. We've already got 112 people signed up for it, so definitely get in there and sign up. You don't have to actually listen to it live, but once you're signed up, you'll get an email on how to listen to it at your leisure. And it is going to be live at 11 um, on Wednesday, Phoenix time. And uh, like I said, you can listen to it later if you want to, but do sign up. These are, these are always the most popular ones we have. And uh, our team, of course, meshing is really important to everybody that does simulation, so we really take it seriously and get in there and dig deep and let you know what you need to know. Also, those of you who are turbine engine engineers that are listening, we're going to be at the ASME Turbo Expo, which, nice enough, is going to be in Phoenix this year from June 17th to the 21st. Uh, we will have a booth. We'll also be in the ANSYS and Flonex booths. So do stop by and say hi. I'd love to record a podcast there. So let me know if you're going to, if you're interested in that. Stop by the booth and let us know. We may have a sign-up sheet or something like that. And we'll announce some more details as we get closer. That's in two weeks. Um, also, that same week is the Arizona Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference. This is our big show uh, where we talk about things that fly and drive and, uh, and blow things up and, uh, and then how to make pretty much everything. We kind of throw it all together. Um, and it's a tech council and commerce authority get together for this annual event. It's a great event. I'll be running a panel at that event um, on the uh, global economy. And there's a lot of other stuff that people will be talking about and doing. So check it out. 
And uh, that's it for our podcast. So thanks. That sums everything up. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, do subscribe at pdtinc.com slash opt-in. Spread the word about the podcast. We'd love to have more listeners. And don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we always like to hear from you guys with some ideas or suggestions or just feedback. So thank you very much and have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode number 38. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.